This is the Get Stuck In Podcast. Get Stuck In Podcast is a mentality. It's how you approach every single day. It's how you wake up in the morning. It's how you go to bed at night. It's how you approach every single player you coach. Are you ready to get stuck in? Welcome. We are here as a staff tonight uh, looking to do a little bit of a QA. and a um, We do these things, uh, you know, once a month. We get together, go out to dinner as a, as a coaching staff. We got Coach Ty here, Coach Elton here, Coach Brendan here, and the one and only Tanner uh, here with us tonight. And uh, we're just going to just kind of chop it up, do a little Q&A, talk a little bit about passion, licensing, and some whatever else comes onto the guys' brains, they have some set questions, and I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, uh, this is Ty here. Um, so, like yesterday, Mark and I had a discussion about licensing about this, you know, this summer, this year, or even next year. And then, of course, Coach Coach Brendan over here is, is already in the midst of his getting his C license. And in my head, I was kind of thinking because I know people who have failed their Ds, their Cs, and I was wondering, I know, question for Mark here is. Does coach does coach's license make you a good coach in the United States? Absolutely not. Uh, you could have an A license, A senior. You could have a pro license, and you could still be shocking at coaching. I mean, it, it's uh, it's an, in my opinion, it's a necessary. Uh, I think if you live in the country, uh, you should get your license if you want to take coaching as a career, but. Uh, just because you have a license that says A on it or B on it or C on it doesn't make you a proper coach. You could pull the whole same thing and say just because you have a bachelor's or a master's or a doctorate doesn't necessarily mean you're brilliant, doesn't mean you're smart, but it means you went through the necessary uh, hoops <coughs> and obstacles in order to become successful in, in your field that you've chosen to be in. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think... Um... All it shows is that you are sacrificing time, money, and you're putting in the work to be able to get better at coaching. doesn't mean that you will be a brilliant coach, but it means that you are putting in the time to get better. You have the desire to get better. And I think being part of the licensing courses not only can help you be better, but I think what's important is... You're there with like-minded people, and you can exchange ideas, and you can get better because of that. And also networking, I think, is an invaluable piece of, of, of those licensing courses. One more thing I want to say in that is I don't think you ever quite grasp like what you learn from the licensing. Like You could go, say, say it was within driving distance or a flight. You could be like, hey, what did I learn this week? It, it's you learn so much throughout the week, especially now that they have you going multiple times. Uh, the stress of not being so much of a pass fail going on, you really can't even almost gauge your your growth within the education. Um, I mean, for the record, again, I'm very pro coach education. I'm pro U.S. soccer education, um, and I'm obviously very pro everything else too. I mean, if you could go. I, I'm the biggest proponent of going anywhere, everywhere to watch a, a quality training session. 
And I think that's as much coaching education as anything. Uh, you guys know my story of when I was young and 25 years old as a head coach of an NCAA Division II program, literally hiding behind the fence, trying to take notes from Jason Christ and Real Salt Lake, and then feeling like, okay, I can get a little bit more inside the fence and, you know, sneaking into Rio Tinto to watch Jurgen <laughs> coach uh, the national team and, and Bruce Arena even in 2006 when uh, they played Costa Rica in a World Cup. Uh, it's been it's been a big part of, I think, my development is I'll watch any session on YouTube, watch any session uh, in live particular because it, it's able to get, you're able to become much better um, as a coach when you watch these types of quality sessions and you're around the environment. That's cool. Yeah, in in my opinion, like Coach Mark said, you know, the licensing and the opportunities to be able to learn from other people is phenomenal. I think what is going to set anyone apart from others is what are you willing to put in uh, day in and day out in your individual study? You know, are you willing to go at RSL at 7 in the morning to watch some sessions from their academy staff or first team? Are you willing to, you know, watch a quality Champions League match where you've got some top coaches that you can learn from? Um, are, are you willing to maybe even read a book about brain training that in a parent might, you might not think has anything to do with soccer, but it's going to make you a better person um, in the way that you communicate with your players and so forth? That's kind of cool, yeah. So... Something that, that's on my brain, uh, I'm doing my C license in San Diego and, you know, meeting tons of people, people from all different levels, different walks of life. And I really thought, what do you think you should, you know, think of before you go through your different licensing levels? I mean... Grassroots, obviously, you, you want to start at the very bottom. Those are there's tons of people taking grassroots courses that don't even need it. You're more asking mindset, what the mindset is. No, no, I'm thinking more like what what should they prepare themselves with? What should they be expecting, and what should they be able to perform with as a coach? Oh, that's a good quality question. I. Man, licensing has changed. So I was the very first class of U.S. soccer ever to go through the three-step period where you would go. Um, so my, I did my A license in North Carolina. We'd go basically three separate times to North Carolina. And then you would go the fourth time the instructor would fly to you inside of your environment. But I did my B, C, all D, all based on the old, the old school way of looking at things. I, so, I mean, that's a great question. I really don't know. Um, Ty's done his D recently. Um, and Tanner's done his D recently. So I think maybe at the D level, um, well, and you could... Well, to be could, fair, I, I did my D license five years ago. Yeah. I, I it have was a... Difference. It, it was yeah. very different. I'm, I'm a little, you know, shocked at how much has changed from, you know, the last five years standpoint. But Next question we'll ask him, we'll kind of say what has changed and we'll kind of discuss that. But I don't know, 
for from your from your standpoint, Ty, I mean, going into the D, what things should you prepare yourself for? Or it... funny story because I saw Mark like Friday night or Thursday night before I left, and Mark was scaring the little S H I T out of me. Because he was saying that you are going to fail unless you do this and do this and actually try your hardest. And, of course, I want to try my hardest at everything, but he was kind of scaring me. And I get there, and the whole thing, they told me, and Tanner, because Tanner was with me at the time, that the D license isn't like it used to be. It's not about, oh, it's a test only. It's a test only. It's about actually learning now and learning what materials that U.S. soccer is trying to go with. And so... When that's why, you know, when B is like, oh, five years ago, because five years ago, it was just based off a test. You know, it was all about test this, test this, test. If your freeze sucked, <laughs> you weren't going to pass. And like, that if is true. Fab- <laughs> if you fabricated your freeze, you were completely hosed. And, yes. I, and the cool thing with, you know, having B, being in the midst of it, allows me and Tanner to learn from B, you know, about the new ways or they're, they're teaching things, because now they say it's, oh, it's the, the new D. But uh, I think more U.S. soccer is leaning more towards the right way at the same time as the wrong way. But... I've learned a lot from my D, and but again, do I take everything you know into one coaching point? No, I don't. Do I agree with everything? No, but I agree with a lot of things too as well. And I think that's what makes a good coach is you take you take little pieces from each little coach that you think you can make into a great you know great point. So I think the growth mindset going into any yeah. any kind of licensing, not going into the licensing ah frick going into every yeah. single day. Of your life with a massive growth mindset. That's winners have growth mindset. Losers have a fixed mindset. Yeah. Everything can be an experience that you can learn from. It, you feel like you got completely hosed. You feel like you got completely screwed over. But if you come into it with a growth mindset, everything changes. If you come in with a fixed mindset, well, you leave you leave that day feeling legitimately like, hey, you got screwed over. And that's the difference between, I think, a winning mentality and a losing mentality. Well, that's one thing, sorry, to cut you off a little bit, but that's like uh, there was like an instructor doing his instructor license there mm-hmm. while, you know, while, mm-hmm. you know, while we were doing our D. And he basically said at the end of it, he's like, guys, I want you to know this. I think Skylar said this too, the head guy. I don't use the new method every single practice. I don't use play, practice, play every single practice in my life. I use it occasionally, but do I follow every time? No, I don't. You know, and that's that was one thing I got out of it at the end. It was like, basically, what Skylar and this, this I forgot his name. George. George. Yeah. He, he's, he's part of Rush. He's a Rush, technical yeah. director at Rush from the girls' side. And uh, he was basically said, like, take it for what is given, you know, and see, like, what works for your teams personally. That's the main point is what does the kids react to? Can the kids react to your sessions? Right. You know, will they will that fire inside them actually want to train for you and train to get better? And I, that's, that's why I like when you said like an open, open mindset. You know, not a fixed mindset. Because I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be honest that like I've always kind of just hated on U.S. soccer. You know, because growing up, it's like, especially now, it's like, what are we doing? We're losing, the, you know, like on the phone, we're losing to Canada. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're losing to Canada and and in <laughs> these games, and it's like, what are we doing? You know. Because every time the U.S. loses, we get a new system instead of trying to find what the actual problem is. Yeah, and, and, and we could we could probably put a whole <laughs> podcast together based <laughs> off of that. I, I'm, I've been the opposite. I've been obsessed with U.S. soccer uh, my entire life. It's something I've almost based yeah. um, 
you know, my professional life on is, is is just embracing the fact that I am an American-born soccer coach that's incredibly passionate about soccer in inside of the inside of the United States, inside this country, and I'm all about the federation. Um, I do agree with you to a certain extent. Uh, you know, between uh, Bruce Arena in 2002 to Bob Bradley to Jurgen Klingsmann. Back to, you know, back to Bruce Arena, to having the interim manager, Sarakin, Coach Sarakin, for well over a year, to now Greg Berhalter. We've probably had five or six different systems of play. And we've also had different licensing come in where Jurgen, you know, Jurgen came in. It was basically like, why are we passing so many people? We need to be failing. We need to be failing. you know, 65, 70% of anyone that takes a licensing course. And, hey, we need to push every – you can't learn soccer unless you're overseas. And, you know, just Jurgen kind of came in with some different ideas. Am I saying Jurgen's wrong? No, I'm not saying Jurgen's wrong. I'm not saying Greg Berhalter's right. I'm not saying Bruce is right um, or Bob Bradley. I'm just saying you, you are right to a very certain extent. We've changed our identity. We've changed who we are so many times in the U.S. soccer. And the thing that we keep going back into and is it's the get stuck in mentality is what is get stuck in? It, it's, it's a, it's a 100% it's a mentality. It's, it's almost like, you know, talking about the Mamba mentality of Kobe Bryant. We, we set this up, you know, about um, two months prior to Kobe passing, uh, which is a complete bummer and, 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 and so sad, but it's, it's, U.S. soccer is kind of missing that Mamba mentality. It's missing that blue collar, that chip on the shoulder. Hey, we are freaking U.S. soccer. Every single time we we walk out across the white line, we're playing with a little bit extra. I think that's what what made us in the past successful because I think we embraced our mentality and we weren't jumping all over the place uh, to try and find the best and the the brightest and just switch to it. I think we knew who we were, we had an identity, and I think that carried onto the field the way that we played. Um, and we've lost a little bit of that, I think, in the last decade. You think about you think about our lineup too. I mean like think about after ninety four, the types of the types of dudes that we had on side of our national team, the core the core group of guys um, you know, and, and obviously 1998 did not go well. The World Cup there, you know, was 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 uh, a poor performance from the U.S. But the the like the Marcelo Balboas, the Alexi Lawlesses, the John Harks, the Eric Winaldas, uh, the Frankie Haydicks, the Ernie Stewarts, you know, the Tab Ramoses, the Claudio Reynas, like these guys are just freaking. They're like could go play in for Diego Simeone tomorrow. Like that's just the type of. Like they track back the the yeah bite, bite the the, I mean that was the core. Brian McBride. Brian McBride. I mean, I mean you can, you I mean the list the yeah. list just keeps going on. I mean Brian McBride, uh, was, I love that Brian McBride is the the now the new GM, of U.S. Soccer. It's just that that type of guy. I mean I don't know if he can be the uh, the the best GM in the world, but man I hope so because that's the type of guy that just screams grit and screams passion. And it's something that I think with Brian McBride at the helm as our GM, I think the player selection can get really good. 
And it's something that I applaud Greg Berhalter as he's really trying to bring in some older some older guys from kind of bring back the culture. And, you know, I'm, I'm 100% behind Greg. I, I, I hope... I hope that they can make adjustments when adjustments needs. Though, I mean, one thing that was frustrating in some of these friendlies is when they're when the when the opposition's press is clearly better than our build, but he continues to build and he continues to be committed to the build when obviously their press is more effective and anyone basically can see that their their press is better than our build and we're still committed to be playing you know twenty five passes you know in our half. Uh, before we want to pass the line, because that's 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 our style of play, and uh, I think Greg's going to figure it out. I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna be successful. So, I mean, not to change topics too much or anything, but um, you know, being the new guy in the office, um, you know, I'm just trying to get to know everybody and learn more and grow from this experience. Um, Mark, I'd like to know what you think your biggest weakness is as a coach. That's good. Um, weaknesses that I'm working on, I would say right now, it, it's just sometimes difficult to, to stay up on the, the email. I mean, it, it, you know, putting it down to one thing is just the amount of emails that come through every single day and not necessarily feeling like I have the time to get to those emails. This is a very difficult uh, task that I have for me right now is, is I feel like every player that emails me, my heart wants to respond to every single one of those, one of these kids and, you know, and let them know where we stand on them or, everything else but it's it, it becomes incredibly difficult uh to get to those emails and and uh just stay on top of it so um i feel like uh, it's it's a weakness but it's it's something that's now turning into a strength and you know because i am so passionate about you know building the game or wherever i stand so you know giving every every kid a shot is it's it's important to me uh, yeah, that's honestly with you know with the tennis question of you know like you said what your, you know your weaknesses is is with the emails and stuff, but again like when it goes back to that right a big part of being a college coach of two programs is time management, you know because uh, like as me you know me being a young coach as well it's like I love the on field stuff like that's one of my favorite you know the on field stuff is the, the, the fun part right for coaches the practices the games, but people don't see what happens you know what goes on you know during the office of like academics you know you have all you have eligibility you have all the emails phone calls trying to set schedules up and I just think at some point you know time management is a huge thing when it comes to college coaching because of what you have to do outside of just the training part in my personal opinion of being here for almost a year now oh man you're the you're the you're the you're the academic advisor you're the trainer you're the you know you're the you're the tutor um you're their dad's in some instances, Wait, you know, whoa, 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 giving whoa, advice. I'm big brother, not dad. Yeah, big brother. Don't, don't age me. There you go, Ty. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you're doing a lot of these things for these kids, and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, and, and it's a big part of, I think, our success is that um, it doesn't matter. You know, it's that it's that um, dishwasher mentality is, hey, when the dishwasher 
of the program says, oh my gosh, I love this program. I love working for this, for this company. I, I, I'm so proud to work here. It's the same mentality. If you have the, if you have the guy that picks up the pennies or the balls after, after the training and you were to go interview him, or you go interview the trainer, or you go interview the red shirt that's going to potentially have to transfer next year because just things aren't necessarily working out at the particular program. What does he he or she think of the program? And that should dictate how you decide what your program's all about. Not necessarily not necessarily say, what does your all American think about your program? It's everybody. It's the first guy and it's the last guy. And it's the guy that cleans up the water bottles. That that should be the guy that really matters. Yeah. It's I mean, it's important to put in perspective that probably seventy to eighty percent of our time is spent doing other things besides yeah. soccer. It's you know, it's yeah. uh, it's managing that time. It's making sure for this program to run smoothly yeah. and for us to enjoy ourselves when the soccer piece comes into light. It's the rest of the stuff that we do behind closed doors and that will make us, you know, stand apart. It's staying at the office Wednesday nights when we all have other responsibilities, but we put our program first and we're trying to do the best that we can because we know that doing this kind of stuff right now in the spring will pay off um, in the fall. I got a question for Tanner. So, me and Tanner became close after going to D-license together, you know, a nice long drive to Idaho, good old Idaho, <laughs> saying, you know, spending, you know, staying the night in the, a cheap hotel up in Idaho where there's nothing out there. Um, how do you feel like coming into, you know, Mark with an A-license, Elton with an A-license, right? And how do you feel, like, were you welcomed into the, into the program? Like, what, what, what's the responsibilities they're giving you? Do you feel like, they're, you know, do you feel like, Wow, I you know I feel at home. Like you know, they give me all these responsibilities. Like I love being here. Like, what's your thoughts about joining this? You know, the staff and this program. Yeah, you know, I couldn't feel more uh, blessed or welcomed. Um, you know, uh, being you know probably one of the lesser experienced of the guys here. Um, I feel like I've been treated like an equal. Um, uh, I especially, you know, I've always respected this program ever since they started up. I've always kind of watched, you know, from, you know, the shadows, just kind of watch from the back or from the crowd, just, you know, watching, paying attention, always loving watching the program progress and watching them play. And um, when, you know, when you guys finally got in contact with me and, um, you know, I kind of more assumed it would have been more on like a role of just watching and, and uh, you know, the fact that you guys let me, you know, come in and, you know, learn with experience, you know, learn through trial and error and helping out in literally every way, it's been awesome. No, it's that's really cool. One of the things, one of the things I I really appreciate Tanner is his willingness to learn in any any area and never ask, well, how do I do that? It's just, it's it's go time. It's just put it on the floor and just let's go. Let's go. So I actually, I mean, give an example of, of, of that today is, uh, we just needed a quick warm up, and Brendan had a, at a, at a Rondo activity, a keep away activity that we want. I wanted him to run with, uh, the women's team and the men's team 
today. Just I liked the activity. I felt like it it fit with the flow of our of our four stage <coughs> four stage training session that we had today. Um, you know, playing through the lines, creating space, playing quickly. You know, kind of reemphasizing our style of play. And so, I thought I thought I had told Tanner earlier in the morning that I wanted him to work with the goalkeepers, but the I guess it just it didn't get communicated to Tanner. And uh, I said, Tanner, you're working with the keepers right now. And he like looks at me. And he's like, I am. And I'm like, Yeah, get over there. And uh, I, I'm as I'm watching, as I'm watching him basically put together a you know pretty much last second training session. You know the the players never felt like the training session was just put together. I mean, he put his full effort into it. Uh, he was dialed in. He was focused. I mean, that's what it takes, in my opinion. That's what it takes. You know, to really get going at any 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 level is just the willingness to say yes. I mean, if someone offers you something, and not to not to sit there and say I don't know how to do it, and just sit there and say hell yeah, I I got it. Nah, just let's let's get this done and let's rock and roll. I like that mentality with Tanner and any any other young coach that has that opportunity. Um, you know, when we started this podcast, little I mean, uh, you know. Earlier this year, uh, Billy McNichol came in, and Billy Billy worked with LA Galaxy. He worked with uh, the youth national team, and was uh, was uh, on the youth national team with uh, you know Demarcus Beasley and Landon Donovan, kind of that Kyle Beckerman uh, uh, with, the, with that with that top class a, a generation Adidas type yep. of yeah. group with that top class young group that was kind of Billy's group, and uh, and they said what what advice do you have for young coaches? And, and that was his advice, and I really loved it. I want you to coach male. I want you to coach female. I want you to coach four-year-olds. I want you to coach nine-year-olds, coach college players, coach semi-pro players. Go watch as many sessions as possible. It's like anything. It's like, hey, it's like uh, if you're willing if you're willing to put in the time and the effort to be great at it, you can become great at it, coaching. It's just you have to put in that effort and be willing to to learn from anywhere and any anything. It's really cool. I have a sorry. I have another question for uh, now. B, because um, uh, if you didn't know, Brendan is also a high up referee in the state of Utah and getting out there nationally out there too. I was always curious. Um, how do you say because you're a referee and a coach? How do you draw a line when you're doing one or the other? If that makes sense. Well. I always I think, thought it was hard to do, you know. I was, I was like, because I, I refereed like once in my life, and I just sucked at it, so I just stopped. But coaching, I love to do, and I think I'm getting up there. But you know, working my butt off and stuff like that. But I want to know your perspective. Like when you're refing, I feel like you want to coach while you're refing or while you're coaching. You want to ref. Like, how do you do? You know. Well, it really is hard. Like I, I struggle with, you know, splitting yeah. the paths. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting. You know, when we're playing our games. With, you know, slick. Yeah. The first people I, the first hands <laughs> I shake every single day is the whole referee crew. Yeah. Like I know everyone in this state. Yeah. They know me. I know my staff. Yeah. Do I agree with everything the referees do on the field? No. 
but a lot of it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do I agree with everything you guys say on the bench? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but you're my staff. Yeah. Right? Of course, yeah. So, yeah. so you know, it's, it's hard for me to always of course, yeah. walk the line. Where do I, where do I step in and, yeah. and be the mediator? I mean, even, even on our, was it against Snow? Who, who were we playing? I, I got in a spat with one of my coworkers, <laughs> one of my referees. Yeah. Okay, it might be, he, was it Snow or Arizona, Arizona Western in the game, the sideline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Arizona Western in the Western yeah, final. Yeah, Western, the sideline, yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's really hard to, to, to keep everything separated because I, yeah. I, I have a history with all of these referees. Yeah. They, they know how I ref. They know what I'm good at as yeah. a referee, what I'm bad at as a referee. But they just think of me as that buddy. Gotcha. When I have to be professional. professional coaching them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then, then it goes the completely other way. When I'm refing, and all these people know me from coaching, <laughs> coaching yeah. they're coming up, shaking my hand, being yeah. like, hey, what's up, Brendan? Oh, I'm, I'm the referee today. I'm sorry. Like, I, I can't be too buddy-buddy with yeah. everyone. Of course. I think it's interesting, though, because I, I, I personally respect the referees that – uh, I can talk to on a real life basis and I can oh, yeah. really connect with a, a referee and, and hey, you know, I added you on Facebook or whatever. Hey, how's your, what do you have, three kids now? That's great, Mark. You know, I mean, little things like that. I actually really respect referees. Oh, and that's, when that's there wonderful. Is, and, and, and with talking to the, at the convention, mm-hmm. when we were talking to uh, the guys on the pro, Alan. Alan Chapman. Chapman, Chapman yeah. Alan Chapman. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a hey, men's team fifteen one and one, women's team twelve one and one. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys didn't get into the national championship and Pima jumped you. I was so like, when he said that to me, no one prompted him to say that. I mean, this guy's refed games with ninety ninety thousand people in it, you know, full stadiums. You he know, didn't. He didn't need to say that. MLS referee of the week. MLS referee of the year 2017-2018 two years in a row two years in so a row he's, he's a quality yeah. guy he's phenomenal. what what business does he have knowing about some some Juco yeah well he I mean I, I he lives in the state of Utah and so and he's interested in our program because you know we've done something great and and uh, it's really nice for us to be able to have that recognition locally and have people that are involved in different areas of soccer support us. Uh, I mean, speaking about Alan, I had a conversation with him, and and he would like uh, to come and speak to our boys or girls that might be interested in pursuing a, a refereeing career at some level. So I'm, you know, I know like half our team is uh, refing at Gardner Village right now, probably. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I've been begging them to, you to know, get certified. That's I'll, awesome. I'll College student, you got to make some money, right? It's yeah. awesome. I mean. The thing about Alan too is he he comes from a college background. He was a college player, yeah. Yeah. so he understands the game at this yeah, level. And, and he thinks and there's so many valuable people at different levels that should be referees. And you know, there's so many valuable players that could be coaches. Right. There's, you know, some people some people undervalue their role in the game, and I, I think they they could do so much more. I want to talk about that. Uh, I just got off the phone with a good friend of mine that I haven't connected uh, with in years. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he said one thing that I loved. 
He said, Mark, the grass is not always greener. The grass is green where you're watering it. I freaking love that. And because, you know, we were just talking about the future and, hey, you know, this experience or that experience. Hey, that would be a good opportunity. That wouldn't be a good opportunity. And then he kind of paused and he said, you know what, Mark? You know, you said that and I, I freaking love that. And I was like, you know, why not dominate where you stand right now? Why not kill it where you are at right now? Or what are you going to wait? Until you get the new job to kill it? What are you going to wait till you get on the new team to kill it? Hey, I'll start busting my ass when I get a Division One scholarship. It doesn't nope, work that false. way. Hey, I'll, I'll start killing it when, uh, when, I, when I become, when I get invited to be inside the DA. Nope, false. You know, as a coach, as a player, wherever it is, you freaking bust your butt right now. You do everything right, right now. And then, hopefully, great things will happen. But guess what? Great things will happen where you're at right now. You know, where you water the grass, that's where it will come out. And so I, I'm super grateful to, to my friend Brad Sylvie that, that called me today. And, you know, I wish him and Illinois State women's soccer all the best. And I, and I hope they have a big-time season. And I, I really think, you know, from, from talking to him, you know, that program, they're in really good hands uh, moving forward with, with him. And I really enjoyed that conversation. And what was cool is he was actually calling me to tell me he was actually listening to the podcast and he enjoyed the content and was really enjoying it. So I was really psyched. I was really psyched because, you know, sometimes you put these things out there and you're like, hey, how many people are listening? Uh, and we've gotten some good, we've gotten some great feedback from a lot of different people, especially recently. Yeah. And so that was, um, I was really excited uh, to hear from him and, you know, hear, sh- have him share his words. Okay. Well, I think we're, I think that's the, the podcast for today. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you guys. Please DM us um, on social media. Give us a follow on Get Stuck In. And I hope everyone has a great day. Get Stuck In. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll catch you next week on another episode of Get Stuck In.